Hey, it's Jonathan Vincent here. That's right. It's Jonathan Vincent, not pastor of River Life Church. Fred D.T. White is. He is not with us today. Uh, You can listen to the podcast of what's happened in his family. But we so appreciate you you tuning in to today's podcast where Associate Pastor Nussbaumer and I talk about community groups and talk about the wonderfulness of prayer and how you need to do it today. So take some time, sit back, relax, enjoy the next 50 minutes or so. Hope you get some blessing out of that. Appreciate you listening. This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at Real Life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got to start laughing before you even started that. All right, so that was not the bellowing of our normal host. I could never replace Fred, Freddie T. White. Intro, uh, intro. I don't know that I, you know. This morning, I woke up knowing that that Fred wasn't going to be here today, and I was like, "Forget all the substance we may talk about today, but who's going to do the welcome to the podcast?" I, was, I tried to get you to do it, and you were like, "That's not going to happen." I wanted you to look like the the fool, not that, me. Well, so I, I did that, yeah, uh, yeah. dude. One one time, somebody asked me to do their wedding and open the wedding with the Princess Bride quote. Marriage is what brings <laughs> us together. Like they made me do that, Jonathan. It was the most sorry. It was very humiliating. So, if the, the voice you're not understanding this morning or identifying that is Associate Pastor Deucebomber is here in for Fred because Fred is not here this morning. Uh, uh, I guess it's still morning. We're doing this a little later. Yep, yep. This is Tuesday morning that we're taping this, and Associate Pastor Deucebomber has <laughs> stepped in affectionately known as Tim Tim. Only by you, but Tim, thank you. Tim Tim. Um, it's better than other names, apparently, I've called apparently, you in the past. Yes. <laughs> thank God Fred's not here, or we would have to listen Rehash to that again. the whole story. Yeah, That's I don't right. want to do that That's again. That's right. Uh, but yeah, super excited. Tim Newsbomber is in the lounge with DJ Daniel Cox and myself. We're going to look at the sermon on Sunday. We're going to talk about community groups, of course. Uh, but Timmy, you've been here how long in Clarksville? A little over three months. Three months. Yep, it feels like you've been months. here forever. Three and a half months. Yes, it's been a. It has been a whirlwind. Yes, yeah, for sure. Most exciting thing you have done at real life since you've been back. I mean, there, there's a lot. I, I, every baptism is a highlight for me, um, and particularly I, this past Sunday. I mean, it's fresh in my mind. The whole community group launch, which I know we're going to talk about later. Yeah. Uh, that was really exciting just to see the uh, how many you know folks signed up and just the excitement. I enlisted you to help me on Sunday morning, and um, I did a fantastic job, don't you think? Well, hmm. <laughs> well, let's say, let's say. So I'm an old man now. Uh, you had three iPads and a computer. Right. I, I don't know how to use an iPad very well. I yeah. had another duty you had to do, and so really, I felt like I was out in the middle saying tickets, tickets. Come, yeah, you were. Like I was like, where'd Jonathan go? And he's like ten feet from the table talking to somebody. Is it about community groups? I don't know. Maybe it was. I'm Pro- like, well, probably was not talking about community groups. <laughs> no, well, you were you were recruiting. I saw you. I was a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I did sign somebody up for See? my class. So okay, the yeah. reason I got to be at the table because I want to have people sign up for my community <laughs> exactly. group. It's like, I, I really want this other one. I was like, no, 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 you want my community group. Uh, so, but yeah, so if you were there on Sunday, it was a great day. We had a baptism. The reason I do that for self-aggrandizing purposes is <laughs> I did my first baptism, Tim. Yeah, was that your first? 
first. So my oldest son got baptized twice. He felt like he needed to be baptized a second time. Freddie did that. Wally, my brother, who's a minister, who you know very well, uh, baptized Max the first time. And then Fred baptized Nella on the land um, last year and, and Max this year on the land. And so I opted out. And so we had very, very good friends, Sam and Stephanie Gentry. Yep who showed up on Sunday expressing their love for God and their non-shame for him. Uh, super proud such a horrible word. And I told him that. They asked us Friday night. It's like, would you? I was like, I'm so proud of you, but it's so condescending in a way. was so proud of them. Um, stepped up and did yeah. it. I was so nervous. I preached now three times. I teach community group. I was like shaking nervous <laughs> about do I do this right? Do I put him under the water now? That's what, yeah, that's I, I told you, the resurrection's the most important part of baptism. I told you that, right? Like, yeah. Don't see the bubbles. Bring them out fast. Bring them out so, fast. I was yep. so nervous, but I, as I told them, it was one of the most uh, rewarding things I've, I've done in, in a very, very long time at church. I, I, I love it. I love the way that we do it. I love that it's not a somber experience. It feels like a celebration, you know, and that's the way, that's the way it should be. So, so when our church, we grew up, you know, I, I remember the first day someone clapped and everybody like looked at me <gasps> and about, don't clap. So it is absolutely <laughs> a celebration. And, and again, one more, one more shout out, Sam and Stephanie Gentry. Yeah. Great yep. courage. Uh, so proud of you. Uh, was glad to be part of it. Uh, I hope I didn't mess it too bad. No. So no, that's why no. I was not at the community group table. And, and that that is a the perfect reason to not be at the community group table. It's, it's the best one. In I fact, uh, we'll try to schedule some more baptisms <laughs> the next time I set <laughs> up the table. No, I'm, kidding, I'm, kidding. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Okay, so baptisms, you said we are so glad Timmy and Robin Newsbomber, Ian and Emma Newsbomber are here in Clarksville following God's lead, following God's call, uh, been a great, 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 uh, part of what real life and what God's doing in real life. And we're well, so glad you're here. We Just love it. That. We love it. Absolutely. I know moving's not easy. 17 years in New Jersey, coming back to the South. Um, I know it can't be easy for your kids and, and for y'all a little bit. So I hope yep. I hope the people at real life are treating you like home. Oh, they are. They are. And, you know, the reverse culture shock is wearing off. In fact, now when I talk to my Jersey peeps on the phone, they're like, oh, my goodness. You're losing your, you're, you've got your Southern accent back. And I'm like, it was always there just under the surface. And as soon as I came back here, you know, it comes back. So, well, I know community groups is not an easy thing to do. Uh, you're leading that cause. Uh, I know with your team and I know Polly Fields, she's helping out this year. Yes, she is. She is. Um, she has already done a fantastic job of recruiting, uh, teens and young adults uh, to do our child care. And so honestly, though, if anyone, we're still looking for a few more uh, to plug in some holes. So if you know a college student or a high school student that would love to make a little extra money, um, uh, they can talk to Polly or myself. So, All right. So, uh, so we're going to hit the brain dump just a little bit. That's what mm-hmm. Fred and I usually do. Um, and then he always has these great stories that he comes up with. <laughs> so, uh, so not going to talk about the great stories, but we have, he mentioned Cameron and Mason Heggie. Yep. Uh, they, uh, nobody knows, but they have to fill that thing up and get it all warm early. water. Yeah, early and then having to dump. But there are so many people that do so much all through the week, whether that's prayer team, whether that's follow-up. I mean, we have people at our church volunteer to call every new person that comes every week, and they keep these notes on them. So if you're working, we're, we're so proud that you're committed 
to what God's doing, not just for real life, but for what God is working through in in and through real life. Yeah. Um, but it takes uh, all the people committed to make this thing work. Uh, you know, Freddie's asked me multiple times, like, what's the thing that has surprised you the most at real life? And Jonathan, that what you just said is exactly it. Just the commitment level of uh, the folks that just they, they'll figure out ways to get it done and are relentless. And, and I love that. I think Freddie mentioned the brain dump. Uh, Jenny, uh, who works Jenny with Bussy? us, yeah, works in the office with us. She won't be invited anymore as a podcast <laughs> coach after all her talk. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. But Jenny Bussy. Yep. She. Uh, she had a shower. I think on Saturday, like a baby shower in Illinois. And uh, drove back and got in at 3 a.m., got like a nap at 3.30 a.m., and then was there on Sunday morning doing it all, like next steps and everything that she does. And so Freddie just called her out saying, man, that's what commitment is that? So that was. It's not because of uh, what she had to do. It's because she loves Jesus and she loves her church. And what else would you do but do something like that? I mean, that's, yeah, that's the sort of commitment we see. Um, (laughs) DJ Daniel Cox this weekend, you know, I think pulled an all-nighter or close to it one night to get get videos uh, done that were Mm -hmm. done with uh, excellence. And so, yeah, it's just cool to see that attitude that the folks in our church have uh, to get it done. Yeah, so uh, if you're not plugged in, I said this to somebody that came up to the community group table. If 55 minutes on a Sunday morning, or maybe I said this last week on the podcast, if 55 minutes on Sunday morning is not getting it for you, it should not. You should plug in. Um, We're going to talk about this in the second segment a lot uh, um, of our commitment, what we're doing, the culture of which we are creating and the culture that we're enjoying. Um, But if you're not committed in a team or something, it doesn't have to be that complicated. You can pour coffee. You can do load in, load out. Load in is kind of early. Maybe not load in, load out. Uh, You can do all kinds of things at real life uh, on an infrequent or frequent basis. Commit to what God is doing and you will have such a reward and blessing for that. Can I throw one opportunity out right now that maybe is not on people's radar? Is uh, we have, I think, 10 acres of land in a Cutting that is is not a small task, yeah. and uh, you know Mason and uh, and Cameron and, and a couple others have really done an amazing job. But it's yeah. really too much for just like one team, and so we're looking for folks that have lawnmowers that'd be willing to come, you know, once once a month or once maybe twice twice a month to come and help um, get that mode. And so if if folks are interested in that, they can they can reach out. I would say. Text mission to ninety seven thousand for the mowing thing, but I don't think that's that's part of it. But call the <laughs> call the church office, yep. reach out to them uh, if you're interested in that. That's a great opportunity for you to do something straightforward um, with kind of a low level of commitment. But commit commit to what your church is doing. Now, the unfortunate thing already this morning, Tim, is you haven't interrupted me one time, and that's just not fun. <laughs> oh, so you, okay, you I haven't called that. me JV. Uh, okay, so right. let me tell you one funny right, story JV. from Sunday. Sure, okay. Oh, <laughs> okay, well, oh boy. <laughs> so, uh, so Freddie, I do. I got second service, and so Fred was up there at the end wrapping things up, and he was, I think, he was trying to encourage those that people that haven't prayed in the past, right. whether you think you're like the elite or you do it all the time, or maybe you you feel like you're on the JV team. <laughs> he literally looked at me. Did he really? Junior varsity. So, uh, so I, and I appreciate you not calling me JV either this morning. Uh, okay, well. I'll... It's a little refreshing. <laughs> a little refreshing. All right. Um, anything else? Brain dump? We're not talking about the Indian restaurant. That's between you and Fred and everybody else. He's not lying. It is an amazing Indian restaurant. And if you've never tried Indian food, 
tiki masala, right? Oh man, not not gonna. We're not, not gonna, gonna talk go about the Indian right. restaurant. That's up to Fred. <laughs> uh, anything about Sunday? Anything about this week that you want to hit before we go, or we want to dump the brain dump? Let's, um, Let's yeah, well, it. maybe we should talk a little bit about, wait, yeah, you had yeah, something Fred. here. Yep. So, uh, so, so Fred is not here today. Um, Tim actually called me last night. Uh, you may have read, uh, online or whatever you read for the news. There was a horrific accident at Warfield and almost Richview road, uh, that had a fatality and that yeah. fatality, unfortunately was Ken Spiceland. I've known Ken Spiceland for years and years and years, a wonderful man of God, uh, uh avid follower of Jesus, a wonderful worker at First Baptist Church Clarksville, a good friend of my family's, an extended family, and and Susan Wyatt's, Freddie's wife, obviously, Susan's Wyatt's stepfather, uh, who she's been with most of her life. And so it is a very sad moment and a sad day for their family. Fred's not here. Obviously, he's taking care of business with his family and, and uh, watching after Susan and what he can do for her. Uh, and his loss with Ken. So he is not here because of that reason. Uh, I know the podcast listeners would want to hear that. Um, just a sad day. And yeah. uh, we will be praying for them. And in fact, we are in the spirit of prayer in yep. our sermon series. Uh, Daniel Cox prays for us every week before we start the podcast. And so I thought today, you get to hear Daniel Cox. Uh, he's he's a wonderful man of God, and he wants to pray for yeah. Susan and her family. And pray pray with us. If you're in your car listening or if you're at home, just take a minute and pray for the entire Wyatt family as, as Daniel leads us out. So, Father, we glorify you. Lord, you are worthy of our praise. You're worthy of our adoration. And, and we know, Lord, that this is a hard time. Yes. Lord, our hearts are saddened. Lord, at our loss, and yet you are a God of comfort. You never leave us, you never forsake us, and and we are so grateful, Lord, that you would not leave us even in this time of sorrow. Yet our hearts are filled with joy because we know he was your son. We know that Ken was your child and that you received him with open arms, And, and we just embrace that as a comfort and a hope knowing that we will one day be reunited with him in joy in your presence. So we ask, Lord, that you would be a comfort to us, Lord, and remind us of our hope before us, even in this time. And we ask this in Jesus' blessed name. Amen. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, So we'll be praying for Kathy and Susan and all of her family in her loss and, uh, but we'll come back. Let's let's dive into the sermon a little bit. Yep. Let's talk about some culture. Let's talk about the Shema. 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 Something like that. Yep. But we'll yep. be right back. Community groups at Real Life Sango are where strangers become friends and friends become family. You guys, you have been isolated for too long. You've been disconnected for too long. It's time for you to find your people. This fall, this September, we launch community groups. A message for some of you is wait no longer on the sidelines, no longer join a community group. I want you to be thinking about it, praying about it right now. More than that, commit in your mind and heart right now that the first day we launch community groups, you're going to sign up for one. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus. All right, we are back. And uh, we're going to start out talking a little bit about Freddie and uh, the, the sermon in Jonathan, 
JV, excuse me. Oh, wow. JV, he started. I should not have mentioned <laughs> it. No, you, you set me up for it. <laughs> so he started out talking about um, culture, and I thought it, it was really good. He, he made the point uh, well that whether we think we have a culture or not, like everybody has a culture, and like what does the culture of your house look like for and, you biology uh, i had to interrupt you sorry for you biology uh people that study biology maybe in high school or college i, I think of a little petri dish that looks like a little a culture yeah. yeah and you have like the gel and you throw bacteria in it and it grows this crazy stuff so i was almost a biology major chemistry major and <laughs> I, so I when he tell. said culture i was thinking buttermilk culture or i was <laughs> yogurt yeah yogurt or i was thinking about that but yeah no culture is something that i, I think he did a good job defining and that would be the environment or the, is that what he kind of said? The environment yeah. of where we live and what you put yourself into. What culture are you creating? And he hit us at home. And he, and he talked, he gave some examples. Like I think some, he's talking about culture of mess. You know, yep. you might go into somebody's house and it's messy. Culture of order and like, you know, all the different things. So I'm curious, like what, what is a culture so, of in JV's So house? if you come into our house, yeah. uh, you know, Fred, Fred said cleanliness. I think he said peace. He said mm-hmm. it's, you know. So what we try to do, we're the ones scrambling. I think like most people scrambling around at the last minute when people are coming over. It's like we do all kinds of stuff. So I would hope that it's a quiet house. Uh, which I just don't like loud noises. So it's right. so funny. We don't have a TV on blaring. We don't have music blaring. Uh, it's just, it's really quiet. And if the kids like say something really loud, it startles me. I guess because I may be getting old. I don't know. <laughs> well, you might be, but I have to tell you something funny that my son Ian said about your house. <laughs> he was complimenting. He's like, oh yeah, Jonathan's house is like really cool. They have like all that millennial stuff they threw up on the wall. <laughs> like He's talking about like, you know, the chalkboard and like, you know, all that we, stuff. We do have a chalkboard, but we're not millennials at all. Uh, but it's a quiet house. We try to keep it clean. We try to keep it peaceful. But yeah, I think Freddie was making a great point of the culture of what you do at your home says a lot i think about what you're doing in your life and and sometimes your the culture at your home isn't very pleasing and pleasant right and that can look different it can look there it can take on different flavors and i would actually totally affirm what you said every time we've been to your house like i feel like and i'm not just saying this for you i really believe this like you you guys model a really biblical picture of like what hospitality, you know, should look oh, like. Well, it's, that's, that's very it's kind calm. Of you. It's safe. It, it's great. That's very um, kind of you. Almost the opposite of uh, the new Spomer home. I, I say that a little tongue in cheek, but you have to understand um, we have a um, 130 pound dog that oh is gosh. more like the size of a horse. It's a, it's a Bernie doodle. Sounds like a nightmare to me. Oh, he's, He's he's a lot. You know, I'm very OCD, so uh, hair would like throw me off. Well, yeah, we got one. Of, <laughs> we had to get one of those little. We had to. We got one of the little robot vacuums because if we don't, if we didn't, like we'd have to literally vacuum every single day because there's like there would be like those tumbleweeds, like in a, you know uh-huh. in, in the West. That's what it feels like. Yeah, that, that's how much he sheds for a dog that isn't supposed to shed. So it's a little. There is like, it's not that peace and calm because of the dogs, but. There's is like when it's good, there's like an energy, you know, there because mm-hmm. like it, that's kind of our, our, our personality, mm-hmm. a lot going on. And so like lately it looks like really enjoying food. We just got, um, one of those big green eggs. Yeah, oh, look at we that. got like the yeah. generic version of it, yeah, yeah. but, uh, 
Komodo it's, grill. Yeah, Komodo no, it's like it's it's something different. Grill, grill master. It's probably like the the third tier. But so do you enjoy cooking? All it's your, amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Steak, salmon. That's we did great. homemade pizzas, and so that's that's kind of the new spot our home. It's a little bit higher energy, but uh, when it's good, it's good. So if we've lost you because already on the podcast, uh, we what we want to say here is, and and I think Freddie did a Fred did a great job. At the end, I think you said it was at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, you were listening to it this morning. I didn't have time. But if you think, well, I, I don't have a good culture at home. I, right. I, and he said, you know, my kids don't get tired of me talking about God because we don't talk about God. We're talking about whatever. Right. Or that school or really important things um, that maybe are not God. And you're like, well, I've already failed. I think I think what hit me, and as I, I prepared this week, we were going to have a guest on. And we'll push yep. that guest to next week because of what happened with Fred and his family. But um, as I was preparing for this, the one the thing that stuck out for me is I thought of me when I'm like, I haven't, we haven't always had the best culture or, I, or you may not have lived in a, a great culture mm-hmm. at your house or maybe your work culture, maybe your home culture is great, but what you do at work and the culture that you help fester, and I say that intentionally, is not a good culture. Right. Then you're just like, well, I give up. I use the word extrapolate. Freddie hates when I use the word extrapolate. <laughs> um, but that means that just because you've done it wrong or maybe not the best way yesterday or the day before. Um, have a very good friend. Um, he, he had a podcast that he listened to. And it was, I think it was a book written about it. But it takes what it takes. Hmm. It takes what it takes to mean if you want to go somewhere, you don't start tomorrow. Yeah. And you don't think about what you didn't do yesterday. Because if you think about what you didn't do yesterday and you think about what you might do tomorrow, mm-hmm. it never gets done. It's what Paul talks about, right? Like not focusing on what's behind, but pressing ahead. And, um, you know, I think, Jonathan, what you're talking about, it, and I think we all deal with this, is we look at our past and what that becomes like our narrative. And we say like, We'll, we'll even use the statements, well, I'm not a good prayer or I'm, you know, I'm always doing that. And that, when that becomes the narrative, we tend to follow, the, you know, that what we say. And what what I hear you saying is, no, we have a chance every day as followers of Jesus to, to start, you know, his mercies are new every day to say, no, this is who I'm setting out to be and to, and to be intentional in that. No, it, it's perfect. And so I've, I've admitted on the podcast and admitted to miss most people, and it's not something that's a badge of honor. It's kind of a badge of shame is I, I have just not been a man of prayer uh, my whole life. I mean, I, when I had to pray, I've been in Sunday school a lot. I've been in church a lot. I, you know, I've been on the stage some, mm-hmm. especially in high school. I, I prayed plenty of times. And not that it was disingenuous, but I just don't pray like I should. Yep. And so, you know, I made a joke uh, Jessica Dickinson pulled me out right before the baptism on uh, Sunday morning and said, I just left. I loved when you said pray out loud at Carline. And it was supposed to, if you heard last week's podcast, you can go listen to it if you didn't. It was, it was kind of a joke. But literally now the kids, this is this is what Fred's been trying to mm-hmm. illuminate in his sermons. Now the kids, when we get to Carline, this morning Rachel dropped them off. And the first thing they said when they came to park is, who's praying today? So now it, and listen, this is from a man that doesn't just pray all the time like he should. Now the kids have an expectation that we Love stop it. and we pray genuinely and we pray about our day and we pray, whether it's adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, if we can even just hit one or two of those, yep. that we're stopping what we're doing and putting God where he needs to be. And that's first in our minds and first in our hearts. 
I love that too, because now you've created a trigger that like, you, you don't have to like remind yourself because you know that now every time you go to the, the car line, that's the, kind of the trigger of like, hey, this is like where we're going to be intentional and pray. And that creates culture because you're doing it again and again and again. And I think Fred, one of the things Freddie mentioned in his message is forgetfulness. And if we don't do something like that, that, that keeps it in front of us, that's where we'll be prone to kind of kind of drop the ball. You know? That forgiveness is great. So Freddie brought out... I, you know, it was like the all-star scripture for Jonathan on Sunday. I <laughs> These mean, are like some of your favorites. Deuteronomy 6. The all-time hits. Genesis 1, 2, and 3 in there had been perfect. But he didn't. It's okay, Fred. Check it off. <laughs> but he hit Deuteronomy 6 and went straight in Joshua 1, 9, which yep, is what I preached about on January 2nd. Yep. And then Galatians 6, 9, uh, he, one of my favorite scriptures, never never get tired of, I don't know, I'm paraphrasing, never get tired of doing good. Yep. So, but uh, Deuteronomy 6 so he he used this Jewish term. I know you love, and I do too, by the way. And you've you've kind of instilled a love for this even more. And I've always wanted to know about the Jewish faith, which is kind of our faith too. Yep. They just didn't Absolutely. get the second part of it. Um, but they call this Deuteronomy six. You say almost word for six seven, yep, uh, or six 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 five. They call this the what? Freddie said it one more time. Uh, the Shema. The Shema. I won't ask you to spell it, um, <laughs> but it's the Shema. And they say this um, every day, every day, maybe more than once a day, but definitely every day. And it kind of becomes an anchor, you know, for them. So the big point of this being is, and I think what we talked about right before podcast, we, we kind of put this together last minute this morning, but um, the Shema, as you said, is kind of a trigger. It helps set their minds and set their hearts where they should be. And that's priority to God. And so they would yep. quote this, they would every quote day. this sucker. Yep. Yeah. Every day. And, and some of them, and you talked about, we'll, we'll look at the scripture. Maybe we'll read it here in just a second. Talking about binding the scripture on their. Yes. Yeah. They had these little boxes. What are they called? The phylacteries? Yeah. Phylacteries. I, I've got it right here. It read says, it. um, uh, ta- these commandments that I give you today, it's talking about the Shema are to be on your hearts impress them on your children Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. The, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And if you see me smiling a little bit, like I'm thinking about my mom. They can't see you smile, but I can. Okay. Well, she she literally puts index cards of scripture and prayer request. Like all throughout the house, she used to do it on the dashboard of the car. Rachel's grandmother, same Bar- thing. Oh, used to do this. Of oh yeah, course, Bar- she's yeah. Barb. Yep, did this all the time. Little little note cards everywhere. Yes, yeah, I I love that. And like because we these verses and um, all the verses that use the Hebrew word, I think it's the car, which is to remember. It says that a lot because God knows that we're prone to forget, yep. especially in a culture of distraction. And so doing something. Every day that will be that trigger to remind you, you know, whether it's the Shema or whether it's the car line, uh, you know, these days, as much as we talk about digital distraction can be used for good as well. There's an app called the daily office, which helps me because it gives me a notification three times a day, once in the morning, once midday and once in the afternoon. And it prompts me to pray because I know that if I don't do that, I, I'm, I tend to forget. And so, well, that's a great, I, I didn't know yeah. that. That's great. Cause that's, that's what you can do is when you get in your day, it's goal accomplishment. Yep. I've got my list. I'm going to get it done. And and what that breeds Timmy, gosh, I said that wrong. Tim, Tim, <laughs> uh, what that breeds 
is kind of you didn't ask about my teaching series that you've skipped two or three times. Um, <laughs> I don't have time for Sabbath. Sorry. Yeah, tomorrow's my last one. Thanks for mentioning it. But what I have learned from teach, what I've learned from studying the Sabbath, is that when we do that, what that breeds in our hearts, what that breeds in our daily activity, is what we do brings what we get. Mm. And because we never step away from the daily task and the daily grind, which is what we want to complain about at the end of the day. In your sermon on the Sabbath, you called it the culture of exhaustion. Right. Um, you stole it from me, so I figured I'd steal that from you this morning. <laughs> but the culture of exhaustion. And what that to me is, is when we don't have time to quote unquote stop and rest, it's because we want to control everything that comes to us. And when we don't stop and pray, when we don't stop and take time, because you know why? We don't have time to do that because right. we're too busy. busy. And when you say that, then you're undercutting everything that God did in our creation and right. how he created us and what he wants to do for us every day. And that's when we start to carry that anxious presence because we're not praying without ceasing. We're already on to the next thing that we have to do. And uh, I think that's a great word because we want to be a people that bring peace into the room wherever we go. And the way to do that, that to have that non-anxious presence is to learn what it means to pray without ceasing. And, um, you know, um, and that's the culture thing, right? That's the everyday peace. I remember, I'll never forget this years ago, Jonathan. I, um, when I was youth pastor at Calvary Baptist in Jackson, Tennessee, Jackson, Tennessee. Yep. We did a, uh, indoor soccer league there. And, um, uh, there was a, a team of Egyptians that came and like kind of entered their team. It's super, super nice. We got to know them really well. They were Muslims though. And I'll never forget one of the guys says to me, he says like, um, he says like, Tim, um, I'll never, he's like, Jesus seems great, but I'll never understand Christianity because he said for us Muslims, he said for us, that it's not like a one day a week, like we pray, you know, five times a day and it's, it's every single day. And he says, when I see you Christians, uh, it, it appears to me from the outside that it's like a one day or a two day a week thing. Now that was their perception. And I'm not saying it's totally reality, but I thought it was really interesting that like they, that's the way they distinguished the way they practiced their faith and the way that we practiced our faith. And it really challenged me to go, okay, <laughs> am I doing that? Am I doing the spiritual disciplines every day? And so Deuteronomy six seven, you've read it. Mm-hmm. This is the Shema. Um, but you shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when what you sit, mm. when you walk, when you lie down, and when you rise. It's it's very kind of me- we long time yep. ago in a podcast we talked about meditation literature. Um, and being meditative, especially Psalms are very meditative. They, they give you this thing that you can say to yourself. So when you talk, when you, I mean, when you sit, when you walk, when you lie down, when you rise mm. all day long and whatever you do, listen, I know you didn't do it yesterday. I probably didn't do it yesterday. It was, it was Monday yesterday. Yep. And every, most people's Mondays are not fun. Um, but when you stop, and you didn't do it yesterday, but when you stop today, when you hear this podcast, as soon as it's over, don't do it now, because I hate you miss out on something great. Um, but when you finish this podcast, I want you to stop and meditate Yep. and stop and pray. Now you, they gave out some laminated cards. Did you do all that? Who did that? Did I, you think, do? I think Jenny and Jenny uh, Bussie, Daniel. Daniel Cox. Yep, yep. So they gave out some laminated cards, adoration Confession, Thanksgiving, supplication. Freddie's just trying to give us the, 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 that 
acronym? Acronym, acronym yep. yep. For us to be able to be more familiar with, I don't know what to pray. Well, he's given not just adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. But he's given like 72 things under each one. So you have That's no right. excuse. Yeah, lots of lots of like lots of good ideas on the on that prayer card. And uh, w- one of the guys that mentored me in prayer, and he, you know, this is one of those things that we can learn, I think, from our charismatic friends. And and you talked about meditative prayer. If if one of the things that you're afraid about is like I don't know what to say, then my friend Mark McGrath would be like, don't say anything. Like listen first, and you know that's where you can like read a psalm and, yes. you know, read it two or three times through and just sit and listen and say, God, like, what, what are you saying to me? And then respond to him in prayer. And so we feel this pressure of like saying the right words. And that sometimes the, I feel like the audience becomes the people around us as a, instead of God, because we're so self-aware of like what other people are going to think. And so I think to be able to sit and to be comfortable and to go like, you know what, we're, okay. we're going to be okay in silence, and then we will pray out loud, which I think is a great, um, a great response to listening. So verse 6, right before the, what we just read in 7, that's Deuteronomy 6, mm-hmm. 6, it says, And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. And so that goes to exactly what you just said, because I know when I pray out loud, I'm always thinking, unfortunately, about what are everybody else thinking about yeah. what I say. So if you're like, well, I'm the mother or the father, and I'm sitting at, you know, we do it, and Fred kind of hit the whole dinner table. We don't pray to eat. We pray to pray. Mm-hmm. We, It's a good trigger point that when we sit down, we're thankful for what we eat. But, you know, it's a good time to do that. But let's pray to pray. Let's not just pray to eat. And so sometimes it's good just to pick a weird time to do it. Maybe mm-hmm. when everybody gets home, finally, everybody at the same time gets home, we stop and pray. Yep. Um, but it's what comes out of your heart. So I know sometimes you pray out loud and it's like, I don't know how to end this. I'm just going to keep talking and talk. Listen, God already knows what you need. God already knows how much you love him. Hopefully he just wants you to say it, say it the way you would say it to anybody. And Philip DeCourcy, he's a Los Angeles preacher. Uh, he quoted another guy. He had a sermon series on prayer about three or four months ago, but he says, you know, one of the best prayers is just take a Psalm. Mm-hmm. And read the psalm back because it is God's words. Yeah, isn't it great if you're a parent, you hear your kids when you say good things, not bad things. Repeat what you said to them. Oh, it's just spectacular, oh, yeah. and that's what God is. So if you say, "Hey, we're just going to read the twenty third psalm together," maybe memorize it, and you say it to your kids out loud in prayer every day at home, then that's what God's called us to do. Yeah, and that's still praying out loud. You know, if that's if you're like, don't if you need a place to start praying the psalms is out loud and can get you started. And, and I love what you said, because the point there is not our words or how, you know, how flowing they are. If you've ever heard like, you know, somebody come up and like start praying in King James English and that, like you hear that and you're like, and if you do that, it's okay. Yeah. (laughs) If you do that, is it, but like, you might think like, Oh, I can't do that. Like, I don't, I can't like speak like that. And, and I think, Jonathan, what you're saying is absolutely true. It's, it's about the relationship. It's not about what we say. And sometimes we'll say wrong things and God will use that time of prayer to like, to turn us. That's one of the things I love about the Psalms. Um, Some of the psalmists start praying out pretty horrible things at the beginning of the prayer because they're, they're praying their emotions and like what they want. And you see like this turning point in the Psalm where they go, you know, things like, well, nevertheless, I'm going to trust you. And it's like, you see God, changing their heart in the middle of the prayer. And so I would even say the goal isn't to say the right thing in prayer. The goal is to pray and to be enter in relationship. 
and, and listen to what God wants to say to you. So when it says pray without ceasing, you're like, how would you possibly get anything done during the day? <laughs> right. And and it's kind of, I'm going to mention this at the on the third segment about a, I had a little meeting this morning, but, you know, it goes to the core of what prayer is. It's a posturing of your heart um, where you are putting yourself in submission to what God's got for you. Instead of running over the top of God all day long and all the many things that he's put before you, that maybe that's a person that's in need. Maybe that's somebody that's just cut you off in the car, car line. Yeah. Uh, you tell <laughs> Hypothetically, right? Yeah, Hypothetically. Yeah. But it puts our, our, our heart, our motivation in a proper posture to him. And so when we pray without ceasing, we may not even be uttering words. Right. But we're putting our mind and our heart in a position to understand of what we have for today, and that is what God's got before us to do. So listen, I know we're not going to keep, I said beat the horse, and we, we don't talk about it like that anymore. But we're not going to keep hitting this over and over. But what we are wanting more than anything for you to hear from the podcast today is do it today. Right. Do something today. It may not be the most magnificent prayer. Your kids may think it's weird. It's okay. You do it today. My wife always says, it's not original to her. You do anything for three weeks, it becomes a habit. Yeah, that's right. Do anything for three weeks, it becomes a habit. Three weeks is a long time, so don't think about three weeks. Think about today. If you put this off tomorrow, tomorrow never comes, because that's, that's right. why it's called tomorrow. And, and again, it can you can start simple. You know, if you just need, if it feels overwhelming, pray a psalm today and let that be your prayer, and then tomorrow... Uh, you know, add, maybe, maybe you start going through acts, but starting today, I think is, is really, really important. So we have a problem, Houston. That's how Freddie started. We have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. Gosh, I just (laughs) messed it up. Oh my gosh. Houston, we have a problem. There doesn't have to be a problem anymore. Stop today. Pray for yourself, but pray with your family. If you're by yourself, pray for yourself out loud. There's no, there's no harm in that, but stop and do it today. And when, what happens today will happen tomorrow and will become a new everyday rhythm. I think that's what yep, your sermon series was. Right. It becomes a new rhythm. And what you will find out is you will change the posture of how you look at things in life. The things that irritate you today won't irritate you in three weeks because you're going to see a purpose for what comes before you. That's right. I love it. Anything else, brother? Nope. I think, uh, you know, other than just the reminder, and you, and you kind of hit on this, is that it... it um, it starts today and it will take time before formation happens. You know, we're in, in students right now, we're studying the fruit of the spirit and you fruit know, of the, spirit. the fruit, that's right. He's going to break into the song. Love, joy, peace, patience. That's how far I can't remember anything after that. Love, joy, something about the fruit of the spirit's not a coconut or <laughs> I don't know what coconut. it is, but we were talking, you know, that like it, we want it, especially in our culture in America, we want it like next week. It takes time. But to not be focused on that and just to say, no, it's about today. You know, I'm going to start something new today that will be repeated. And that God is going to use that. I think about John 15, 5, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If anyone remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Old experience in God. Exactly. Second week. Exactly. Um, so you, you, you heard it. There's no excuses. Freddie said from the pulpit on Sunday stage, we've knocked it out today. Listen, I'm going to do it tonight. We did it last night. We're going to do it tonight. It's going to be a busy night. We got karate. Yep. We got a lot of moving parts tonight. But at one point, we're going to stop. We're going to pray out loud at home. We're going to do the same. All right. Hey, Tim, I appreciate you stepping in. We still have third segment. Yep. We're going to talk about some community groups. Um, sign up started Sunday. We are like two filling days sucker fast. So I think 
we can join, but if you still want to be a host or you still want to be a facilitator, we need more space. Yes. We need some more facilitation. So you, you're about to hear a commercial about that, and then we'll come back and talk about community groups. See in just good. a second. Hey, folks, you've heard about community groups, but have you considered hosting or facilitating a community group? As our church grows, we need more folks that are willing to step forward. Listen, beyond a need, it's a massive opportunity for you to be mightily used of God, perhaps in a way that you never dreamed possible. Hosts open up their homes, welcome folks in once a week for community groups. Facilitators don't teach a Bible study, rather they guide discussion, they guide discussion with questions that we provide. So would you right now text mission to 97000 and let us know that you're interested in hosting or facilitating or perhaps both a community group this fall. And we're back. So associate pastor Newsbomber, I, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed this morning. Um, appreciate you stepping in. Uh, I hope the listeners have enjoyed it. Um, I talk about community group almost every week. Uh, community groups are the core of what God has called his church to be. If you read Acts, it's very clear that you need to be uh, entwined with other believers in carrying out his work, in helping each other, helping the saints, and then also obviously reaching the lost. And so um, I, I've taught now, uh, be my third year teaching community group, or not teaching, facilitating yep. a community group, sorry. I've taught a lot in my life, um, but two years ago, I stepped into real life, knowing few people, started a community group, and now those original members, even some have moved away, uh, are so comfortable with me. We share problems. We share life. Uh, one's going to the to the uh, Bible study series that I'm doing, Christy Kilbrew. Uh, last year, I mean, I have met so many friends, hug them, love on them, people that I would have never, ever talked to. Uh, I mentioned one this morning, Jack Randolph. You may not know Jack. Uh, he helps out with hospitality. He does an ushering. Um, he does load in, load out, I think. Yeah, load out. Uh, just a great man of God. He is so quiet. You have to, like, pry it out of him. But in community group, he would go from saying nothing to just pouring out this wisdom. Well, we meet about once every two or three months. He came over this morning in, in the lounge that we're taping this in, and we had an hour and 20 minutes of just talking about life and God and praying with each other and just love the guy. And had I not been in a community group, folks, whether I was facilitating or hosting or not, if I had not been in a community group, I would never had the joy of meeting Jack Randolph and getting to share life's woes and life's, uh, life's happiness and joy. So I said every week, just like we got off the last segment about prayer, if you do not commit today to do it, you're not going to commit to doing it. It may seem weird. It may seem difficult. But you have got to commit because you will find the joy of what God's got sitting for you and all the people that will be in that group with you. Yeah, I I would just uh, amen to everything you said. And and one of the things I would say, too, is that what I've noticed over the years is folks can sit in a worship service and hear a sermon and feel convicted. And they say to themselves, "Okay, I'm going to change in this way. But if they're not connected in in a community group those good intentions tend to go away very, very quickly. And and when it works the way that I believe God intended, you, you get convicted in the worship service. You, you you hear the word 
and now you get vulnerable with other people. Like you said, people that maybe you would have never been put together with otherwise. And in that vulnerability, that's where spiritual formation happens to say like, man, like really the culture of my house is like this. It should be like prayer, but it's really like this. And, and I need to change. And when you verbalize it, uh, one of my, one of my mentors used to say, uh, the biggest communication principle is that you can't teach anybody anything. Uh, people have to like express it themselves. And I think that's what community groups do is it gives you a chance to express to each other. This is what I feel where I feel God is leading. So it, when you do it and you're going to do it today, I know it, but when you do it and you walk into that house or walk into whatever facility you're going into, is it going to seem weird? Probably. And that's okay. But what's going to be so funny within weeks or maybe less than weeks, maybe a week, you're going to walk into that and you're going to be thinking all day, oh, today's community group, tonight's community group, this afternoon's community group, this morning's community group. I can't wait to go to that place of solace, that place of peace, because I got something to share or I just like listening to that guy when he talks or I like listening to that woman when she says that because she is just so sweet or kind or nice. And you will find such encouragement. Listen to me. Church does not just occur on Sunday mornings for 55 minutes. Not that it's not a great experience of gathering to worship corporately in a group, but church will happen when you get with other believers and you live life together. Absolutely. Where they say strangers become friends and friends become family. It's an absolute true maxim. It can happen for you. And saying all that, Tim, you the one, along with your team, have start, have led this this new community group year. How many groups do we have for facilitation <laughs> hosts? Now listen to this. How many? We have, we have 30, 31. I mean, three ish. years ago, Freddie had been like, 31. We had 30, 31-ish. And it's Probably not going to be enough. Because <laughs> how many did we have sign up for the first? Now, we were, what, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So we're two and a half days deep, three days deep. How many did we have signed up? So I looked on the way over here, and we are at 256 unique signups. I think got a couple double dippers in there. That's so funny. it's like a little over 260, I think, total. But 256 uh, unique signups so far, and that's, what, 48 hours in, into In it. two and a half days. We have 250-ish people sign up. Now, probably a predominant of those were, are, I mean, how many how many groups closed within like 30 seconds of opening? Oh, yeah. Well, you, you know, you, you had a couple of those groups, and actually we're, we're going to be challenging some of those groups to like multiply because they're like, they're big. So, but the point being is those people were like waiting because it's like the lottery is open. Oh, yeah. They, they, they were waiting so they could get back in the group because they know what a joy it is. They know what a benefit it is to their everyday life for the culture they're trying to create at their home or their workplace for what they need in encouragement and also when they're stressed out and they just need someone to say, yeah, this happens to me or whatever. So 250-ish, 60 signed up already, two and a half days deep. There is room for you. Listen, don't miss out on this opportunity. I don't say this because it's all about church. I don't say this because... I'm paid to do this. I, I do this because I've been in these groups and I am in these groups and it will change how you can experience what God's got for you in this creation. hundred percent. And look, we, we've talked about it. The culture of exhaustion we talked about, I get it. Like it's, it's a commitment and you're might be looking at your schedule going, I don't know that we can make it work this time. Um, but as Jonathan said, there is something that is so rewarding about this. I can't tell you how many times I remember uh, being a part of a community group and Robin and I would be like, oh man, like we're fatigued and we're tired and like we know community group is coming up 
And we're just like, well, yeah, we got to do it. We committed. And we're not going like with that excitement. Every single time we're headed home, like energetic, excited, renewed, because that's what biblical community does. It, it, it fills you up in a way unlike anything else that actually gives you energy to do the things that you need to do. And so um, make it a priority every week. I promise you it's going to, God is going to do some amazing things. If you'll make that commitment, do it today. Tim, Tim, associate pastor newspaper. Listen, JV, if you don't know him, sometimes as Freddie says, he's uh, vertical, vertical, vertically challenged. Vertically yep. challenged. He, called, he his, called me Yoda on Saturday night, which I, I think he was meaning it like in the nice way, but I took it as like no, I don't short, so. like, Yoda. like he said, JV in the middle of the service and looked at me and smiled. <laughs> He'll say that he didn't think of me when he said that, but uh-huh. I know he did. University. Uh, if you have it, if you, I know we're still kind of in COVID, out of COVID. I don't know if Timmy likes hugs or not. If you see that bald-headed guy, you give him a big hug. See Robin, Ian, or Emma. You make sure if you haven't introduced yourself, introduce him. They're, they are a wealth of experience, wealth of information, and a wealth of God's love. Uh, you'll miss out if you don't get to know them. Give him a hug. Give him a pat on the head. Rub his top of his head. Don't yep, Tim yep. Tim. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I appreciate you um, doing that this morning. Uh, Fred yes. and Susan obviously will continue to pray for you and your family. Um, but I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I hope you got something. But in the meantime, keep it real. And keep it Jesus. Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus. Jesus.